welcome back to the Promethean Perspective Advent Series. I'm your host, Emily, and we are continuing to travel throughout the readings throughout this Advent season so that we can better prepare in our hearts and our minds a place for our Lord to stay and come on Christmas Day and to remain with us throughout the fullness of the Christmas season. And in doing so, a great way of preparing a place is delving deeper into the Word of God, which is our Lord's love letter to us, in which we are able to really cultivate a very intentional place so that when the Christmas season does come, we have had time to wait and to watch and prepare and to pray. So we are going to be continuing as we journey through now, the second week of Advent. We are getting a little bit closer to the birth of our Lord, which is a wonderful, joyful time of hopeful anticipation. And to better prepare ourselves, we are continuing to travel throughout the daily readings and do short little reflections on them. So today's readings take us through Isaiah, the Psalms, of course, and then through the Gospel of Luke. So we are going to be journeying throughout that uh, those readings today as we um, do an episode today for the first Monday of the second week of Advent. So let's get into it, shall we? So let us begin all things as we should, through, with, and in the Father, as we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Um, a reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verse 1 through 10. The desert and the parched land will exult. The steep will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them, and the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the God, of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those who are frightened, be strong, fear not heart. Here is your God. He comes with vindication. With divine recompense, he comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag, then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams burst forth in the desert, and rivers in the steep. The burning sands will become pools, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The abode where jackals lurk will be a marsh for the reed and papyrus. A highway way will be there, called the holy way. No one unclean may pass over it nor fools go astray on it. No lion will be there, nor beast of the prey go up to be met upon it. It is for those with a journey to make, and on it redeemed will walk. Those whom the Lord has ransomed will return and enter Zion singing, crowned with everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness, sorrow and mourning will flee. Responsorial Psalm, Psalm 85 Our God will come to save us. I will hear what God proclaims. The Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him. Glory dwelling in our land. Our God will come to save us. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven. Our God will come to save us. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and salvation along with the way of his steps. Our God will come to save us. A gospel reading according to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verse 17 through 26. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, they were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. Some men brought on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in Christ's presence. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. They lowered him down on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle, right in front of Christ. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. 
Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, Rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, went home glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God, and struck with awe, they said, We have seen incredible things today. So today's readings uh, take us through the memorial feast of St. Nicholas, which is a beautiful opportunity to just delve, delve deeper into the feast days throughout the Advent season because the saints teach us a particular reality of what preparation for Christ looks like. Because not only were the saints so focused on preparing for our Lord during special liturgical seasons such as Advent, but their whole lives, you can really see this reflection of pursuing sanctity has their preparation. They saw their every single day, every single moment, every single action has a form of preparation for Christ, has their encounter of, with Christ in heaven. And they were preparing for that as they lived their lives of sainthood. So today is the feast day, the memorial feast of St. Nicholas, who was a bishop. And so it's important that we take time to consider their lives and how they went about preparing for our Lord and what example they can set for us. But some, something in particular that stands out from today's readings that we're going to be reflecting upon today is in Luke chapter 5, verse 26, where it says, Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God and struck with awe. They said, We have seen incredible things today. Now, they use the word astonished here because Christ cured the paralytic after the paralytic was lowered through the roof of a house in which Jesus was abiding. And when Christ cured them, all were amazed. But this isn't exactly the only thing that amazed and astonished the people. What amazed and astonished them the most was that Jesus also said to the paralytic, as for you, your sins are forgiven. So what Christ is doing in here is he is affirming and confirming that he, Christ, has the power to forgive sins and also to heal. And many people went home that day, I'm sure, focusing in on the physical healing that took place. You know, chatting about it on the way home or their walk back to their city or town or whatever. Most people probably focused on the physical healing, right? Because we have, we have human eyes. We focus on that which is human. But we miss the spiritual part aspect of our humanity as well that we are in need of spiritual healing. So they were probably even more deeply contemplative or moved by the reality of Christ forgiving the sins of this man. And I guarantee they didn't understand what this all means. I'm sure we, even today, after you know centuries of scholars studying this particular passage in Scripture and such, and reflecting upon it with deep prayer and, and you know scholarly intellect and such, that we still don't understand the fullness of what Christ is trying to reveal to us here. But nonetheless, we can rest assured that his words of forgiveness are so powerful that they not only transform him physically, they transform him spiritually. And so the gospel reading in particular today invites us to reflect upon our desire to not only be healed in our challenges in life, in our predicaments in life, in areas in our life that are really broken where we desire heal, healing and forgiveness and wholeness and, and redemption, but also to desire spiritual healing, spiritual forgiveness from God in our life. Do you long to hear Christ say those words to you? Rise, your sins are forgiven. 
Do you long to experience Christ's mercy, his, his authentic and pure forgiveness in every aspect of your life? Because the reason he came from heaven to earth, the reason why he took on the form of human flesh in a humble little babe is to offer you the forgiveness of your sins. Because in the end, what does it matter for physically healed? If we are not spiritually healed and spiritually whole, then we will not ever have eternal happiness with our Lord. We can only be spiritually happy, spiritually healthy, if we are totally and completely united with him. And that happens through forgiveness and his astounding mercy. So in this time of Advent, permit yourself to receive the gift of his mercy. But don't end there. Don't stop there. Continue to glorify the Lord with a a joyful and holy amazement at his incredible love for you. At his desire to heal you both physically and spiritually. So we end in prayer as we we always do. Lord, help us to desire your mercy. Help us to strive to reconcile ourselves with you and to pursue authentic holiness, authentic purity, forgiveness. Help us to lower ourselves, to humble ourselves before you so that we may hear with the ears of children your sweet and gentle voice and let us permit our hearts to be open to your gentle voice that says your sins are forgiven allow us to rest in this love lord that you offer us throughout the entire year but even more tenderly and more humbly throughout this advent season continue to increase our trust in you we ask this through the sacred heart of our lord jesus christ through the immaculate heart of mary our mother and through the intercession of saint nicholas in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ. I pray that you are continuing to have a very fruitful, abundant, but also very still and reflective and restful Advent season as we continue to prepare for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you all. I will be praying for you until tomorrow.